The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. I'm not going to be sucked in. Oh, yes. The Cowboys won the offseason. They <laughs> won the draft. And we're looking ahead to 2023, and I've got the schedule in front of me, and I've got www. <laughs> I got 17 W's on this schedule. It is a victory Monday already does here it, at the Star. Does it make you laugh when after the schedule comes out the next day, everybody's got to go through and pin their wins and losses? What do you it's mean like, the next day? It's the first thing I do. It's, a, <laughs> it's like you knew who were they playing. Why didn't you just do it next? Well, now we know three months breath. ago. Now we know the order of all. Oh, so wins. that's going to make a difference uh-huh. on how you. I think it reeks of desperation. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or too much time on your hands. Exactly. One of the two. And at least one of us, I'm assuming, uh, Mickey, you saw them on Saturday. I did. All I right. watched at them least camp. one of them saw the new Cowboys. Yeah, where were you on guys? Saturday. Well, I was at a f- four and under uh, soccer game. Four and under. They're, they're playing soccer at age four. These well, he, Actually, wow. my grandson James actually started. Well, I thought you were going to call a four and under. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez, Bill's Bill's broadcasting. This is a YouTube thing. Learning soccer. Actually, my grandson, uh, he started playing at age three. James started playing last year at age three. This year, he finally got up the courage to go on the field at age four. Wow. And he was in the vicinity of the goal in his last game on Saturday. <laughs> morning and almost kicked the ball into the goal but didn't oh, was, the, was the ball there in progress. the ball, ball was right there him. so age three he was on the team he was on the but team you were afraid to but go he didn't get field. out of his mama's lap oh, okay. to go on the <laughs> field it's a, that's where i was on saturday morning i was there hoping that james would finally kick oh, the soccer man. ball so but you had more important things to do that's right <laughs> watched uh 27 Rookies and two tryout guys uh-huh. uh, go on the field and do drills. Mm-hmm. Is any one of them a fullback? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, Hunter Lupke mm-hmm. or Lipke. 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 He uh, <laughs> That's three different ways. He looks no like helmets, a. By the way, he looks like a, a fullback. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't do anything producer Supreme with their helmets on. Producer no. Supreme said something about him. What was that? Uh, no, he said no helmets. Oh, no, no, one had no, a helmet, helmet, helmet on. No helmet. Okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a glorified walk. No helmets and no head coach. Mm-hmm. He had a back procedure, Mike McCarthy really? did, which was good because towards the end of the season he was having trouble. Standing up there long enough to do his press conferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, he had that done. Um, yeah, and they had uh, one full field because the the remnants of the Academy Award, the, the country awards, <laughs> yeah. were still there on the field, right? That's a good thing it didn't rain because they couldn't go on inside. They're either. still taking that down today. Yeah. Yeah. There's I a few more pallets that, that are coming thing. off that. Uh, well, there's it's a, a lot field, of more pallets coming field off. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. it was a busy, busy weekend mm-hmm. out here, or week out here uh, at the Star, including the release of the schedule. That's right. Cool. So we've got much to get to. And uh, this is a reality really sets in for these rookies today, though. Okay, they were it was yes. a rookie orientation over the weekend, and now they get to rub shoulders with the veterans, mm-hmm. right? Right, and that was the idea to kind of get them used to the drills they were going to do and kind of the order of things that go on. Now they'll continue the weight and conditioning, plus the coaches on the field with the veterans uh, today um, already got started. So, so okay, the scheduling in the off season, I do recall us having a. Uh, you know, each OTA with just rookies. Right. I remember that. Uh, no, it was a mini camp, just rookies. Yeah. Two days. 
It's the same thing. Basically, an why orient. You, why would you correct me? Because you said OTAs. It's, it's the same thing. I'm talking about the 80s versus now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to do here. I, I knew I'm you trying to compare the different schedules. some years. Exactly. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what do they do from here? Because I recall uh, rookies going in first. Do, they, do rookies still go in first uh, without the veterans? Friday and Saturday. No, I mean training camp. No, no, yeah, See, no. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. I'm comparing yeah. all of that. When you go yeah. way back into the day, yeah. the rookies would show up in Thousand Oaks about Fourth of July. <laughs> no, no, that, I wasn't part of that. <laughs> right after the Fourth of July, basically for for a couple of weeks. Everson, we have rules now. Thank yes. God, and See, that's that's because, a great point because. Yeah. But even the rules have changed even from five years ago, from two years ago. They did with the new CBA and. This offseason goes very, very quickly. For those coaches, every one of these days is so important for not only for the rookies, but the veterans. Even Even starting starting right now now because of the limited amount of time that they can work with it with. And if I remember correctly, it goes even quicker for the Cowboys because I think they got fined a practice (laughs) or two for working too hard. Okay. Okay. Last year. That's right. That's right. Too physical. Who snitched? Who dropped a dime? I, I'm sure they have uh, somebody in the NFL or NFLPA hovering mm-hmm. overhead, right? Because we would go in, I think we were 10 days without anyone, just rookies, if I'm not mistaken. Off-season this is training, training camp. camp. This is your training, training camp. Training camp. Leading, leading into training yes. camp. Okay. 10 days. I know we're getting way ahead, but it was 10 days without anyone, just, just rookies. And the veterans, the wide receivers and the running backs and QBs would come in. After ten, not not the D line and, and our O line and all that, just the specialists, and then they come. Here comes the the, oh, the the big guys. What would you do in May? May wouldn't do anything. Yeah, see that was that was the difference then. Is did that, you have yeah. a mini camp? It's OTAs. It was mini camp <laughs> back then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it would be that would be like a three day mini camp. It would. Yeah, that's what it was. It right. Was a, it was a three day mini camp rather yeah. than a. Which is basically a two-month off-season program mm-hmm. that it's voluntary, mm-hmm. and you now you do have the three-day mandatory mini camp that comes. That's why everybody come in out of shape. Yeah, because we hadn't done anything. And, and that's why, yeah, that's why we picked, you had we to have pick a, training camp to get in shape. Mm-hmm. You you would go to camp, most guys out of shape, and you get in shape in training camp. That's why it was so much barfing going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, there used to be barfing going on in the rookie mini camp until they decided to pull back and not get out there and start playing 11-on-11 or 7-on-7 because they were getting so many injuries because guys weren't in shape. Even though they had just gone through the draft process, they were preparing for the combine, the underwear Olympics and workouts, and they're traveling to pro days. And and now Bob Ward did have an off-season program uh, for all of us laid out. But it was up Up to to you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, it's kind of up to them now, but you better no, be here. It's different, right? Yeah, voluntary now. Man. Unless you're Micah you Parsons and you decide you want to work out in Austin instead of here. Well, the other part of it is there's a lot more money flowing around these oh, days, right. and so you can have your own personal trainers and so I forth. I think they have, do. They have uh, incentives to work out in the offseason. Some of them do. They're, yes. See. They didn't give a damn back then. There's workout bonuses, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for guys that you think might be lazy. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But, but you just look at the calendar even now, and they're set up right now, uh, and we talk about the NFLPA and the and the CBA and you know, the limited amount of time that coaches have to work with players. A lot of it's on the players, and you know, especially these teams that have new quarterbacks coming yes. in, like a Bryce Young, like a C.J. Stroud in Houston. The time is is running short already for rookies to get acclimated and start and learn what it takes and and to start learning a playbook and so forth that's being implemented as and, we go along. And here. free agency much more prevalent now, of course. Mm-hmm. Back but, then, you wouldn't have many guys changing teams at all. And if you look at it, by the middle of June, they're done until they go to training camp. Yeah, yeah. and so here, like here is six weeks. Between, mm-hmm. it seems counterproductive. 
why don't you do this and then lead into yeah. training camp? No, they got to have vacation. Summer time. vacation. Yeah, hey, right. come on, man. What's wrong with vacation? It's <laughs> not like you're spitting on vacation. What's going on? You sound like a player. <laughs> I do. <laughs> don't, don't you think the coaches need a vacation? I think coaches really need a vacation. They should take the vacations first and then lead into training camp. But they probably see that as too continuous. You know, I mean, it's stressful. Now, you yeah, got to get the hay in the barn. Okay. <laughs> right. Here's here's the deal. If 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 you took a vacation now and then had the rookies, everybody start reporting June 15th, whatever. Okay, May 15th to June 15th is vacation time, and then you get everybody as the build up for training camp and so forth. Mm-hmm. The coaches are going to be – they're not going to be taking a vacation no. then because you just got these players and you got to get these players up to speed. Now, for the next month, you can at least mentally get them up to speed on everything. Now they know what they have to do. Now you're on your own for a month before training camp yeah. to stay in shape and learn this playbook and you so got, forth. you got to split it up. Yeah. you got to split And then the up. other part of it is the season is so long. Yeah. Where if you started June 15th, <laughs> then you're playing until hopefully till February 15th. Yeah. So but when, you, you, when you're taking your vacation, <laughs> we don't get vacation. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. There's no lead up. Well, uh, y'all don't work, so that's, yeah, right. that's right. Every yeah. day's a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think of the schedule? Any, All right. Anything? Uh, New York Jets, baby. I'll tell you what the disappointing thing was mm-hmm. is the Cowboys' three preseason games, and we were figuring they would play one away preseason game. Mm-hmm. At Vegas, mm-hmm. but it's a home game, mm-hmm. so they're going to Seattle. Way up the, to Seattle for the one. And for uh, those who don't game. know, the preseason schedule: Week one is Jacksonville at home, Week two at Seattle, and then Week three, Las Vegas at home. So that sounds like a, a little bit of travel because they're going to end up traveling here for the home game from training camp, going back out there, and then traveling to Seattle. And who knows if they go back to Oxnard? I would think they would come here or from Seattle. Straight here so. and show up after you're gone four and a half weeks. You show up at five o'clock in the morning. And we don't have the exact dates yet. They haven't been set on the preseason <coughs> schedule. It just goes by weeks, and so uh, you can play anywhere between a Thursday and a Sunday in in a one of the preseason weeks. So. Hey, maybe they get a break on game two. They play the Jets here and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe <laughs> he won't be acclimated to his new team already. But uh, you asked the question, what stood out more than yeah. anything? It's four of the first six on the road. And in the middle of the schedule, you get five of seven at home. And then you close with three out of four on the road. Well, yeah. But, you know, it, it's kind of equitable. You get those that stretch of home games, and obviously you got to play away games, and they got to play one more extra road game right this year on the 17-game schedule. Because the NFC teams are playing the a- at the AFC teams on that mm-hmm. 17th game this right. year. And what stuck out to me is the three-game stretch where you got to play home against Philadelphia – at Buffalo and at Miami. That's going to be a tough grind. And then even coming home against Detroit, who's which is a much improved team. So much improved that they get the marquee game to start that? off the season crazy? at Kansas. That's come a long oh way, That's Dan right. Campbell. Campbell's <laughs> going to be crying before the game. That's man. what hard knocks will do for you. But that, that, that three-game stretch, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, with at Buffalo and at Miami, that's a pretty – that right there, to me, is going to determine what happens with this team. I'm just looking at different matchups that will be exciting. And, you know, what goes with it, the two road games, October 8th, October 16th, mm-hmm. of San Francisco and Chargers, I think early on that will let us know where we are. And it's not only – they're both away games, both meaning games. long trips, right? Mm-hmm. The fortunate thing is the going back for the Chargers game, it's a Monday night game, so you got an extra day and the buy to recover and, and then the, the buy afterwards. Yes. Yeah, and the buy is in a good spot it after is. what six games, but mm. it's really after nine games mm. with the three preseason games. So yeah, I, I just thought when you look at it, it's fair. Uh, the good thing is they're not. You know, I know the games at Carolina 
the Sunday before Thanksgiving, but that's not that long of a, a flight. Uh, and then you play the next two Thursday nights at home, Washington and Seattle, where there's been previous years they've played a night game in New York, it seemed like, on Sunday, come back and play on Thanksgiving, and then go on the road again on the following Thursday. And so uh, at least they gave them somewhat of a break there. Plus, uh, the Thursday game, obviously, it's a night game, so it's uh, a night game, and then they get the long break and play another night game at Philadelphia. So five uh, primetime games along with Thanksgiving. NFC East, uh, the back part of the season, second part of the season, a lot of home games for the NFC East. Mm-hmm. That'll keep us in contention in case we start having some issues because we're on the road during the first part of the season. At Philly first, at New York. We don't get an NFC East home game until the Giants. Am I looking at this right? That's right. November twelfth. Yep. November twelfth. Yep. Mm-hmm. New York. The, the Giants. November twenty third. Washington, and then December tenth. Uh, Philadelphia. You know, when you look at the schedule though, and compare it with the Eagles' schedule and with all of your division rivals, uh, there's only three games on the schedule that differ uh, essentially from your rivals in the division. And uh, because the NFC East is playing the AFC East and the NFC West this year, so everybody's playing those teams. And so for the Cowboys, those three games that are different from the Eagles, the Cowboys, because they were the second-place team in their division, will play at the Chargers, at Carolina, and home against Detroit. While you look at Philadelphia, and they play – at Kansas City, the first place team from the AFC West, Cowboys got the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, at Minnesota, the first place team in the NFC. Or, I'm sorry, they play Tampa Bay, which is the first place team from the NFC South. Well, the Cowboys get Carolina, mm-hmm. and they get Minnesota, the first place team from the NFC North. Well, the Cowboys get Detroit. So, which is why, when it comes to strength of schedule, Philly has the hardest they're uh, playing their strength of schedule they're playing teams with a 556 winning percentage from last year mm-hmm. Miami's second the Cowboys New England and the Giants are tied for third most at 549 uh, so yeah and, and the reason why the Cowboys schedule looks so tough number one they got to play within their division. And everybody in the at six games against teams with at least eight wins. Okay, right. Remember last year, it was the exact opposite. <laughs> it was such an easy schedule because they get to play the NFC East. Right, exactly. And so a year now, from a year, sudden, we're tough. That's right. And, and a year from now, we might be sitting here going, "Hell, they got the easiest schedule because the they NFC get to play East. the NFC yeah. East." Yeah, <laughs> and, and so and also playing the AFC East, which includes Buffalo uh, and Miami. Um, obviously, uh, the Jets. Um, so what I what I what I uh, saw was of the top nine strength of schedules, six of those teams are are, are are no eight of the teams belong in the NFC East or the AFC East because number one they got to play each other. Their division was pretty good last it year. It was. And uh and then they got to play against each other again. Look look at right before Christmas. You're at Buffalo and at Miami back to back. I mean these are these are some really intriguing matchups and not just the one game matchup, but you're looking at stretches of intriguing matchups. Oh, and one other note on that, uh the NFC East was the only division without a team with a losing record. Hmm. The NC least, you mean? Yeah. Eight, eight, eight mm-hmm. and one, Washington. God, we sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, producer Supreme has asked me to look up the Seattle schedule prior to the Thursday night game against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. which you pointed out the Thursday, November thirtieth, Cowboys host Seattle. The week, the the games leading up to that for Seattle. The previous week, they play Thanksgiving. At home against San Francisco, that's the Thanksgiving night game. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And the previous Sunday, they play at the Rams, and prior to that, at home against Washington. Mm-hmm. 
And why are we looking at that? Well, yeah. because they're doing the – you were talking, Mickey, that sometimes the NFL oh, will schedule yeah. us on the road, come home. Does that make sense? And then on the road and again. And then on the road again. So that's what they have. Okay. So, so the week before Thanksgiving, Seattle plays at the Rams. It's basically they come a home, a 325 game, at home against San Francisco, and then they go on the road to Dallas. You know, I don't look at it the, – the Thursday, I think – it's really good for the Cowboys that they've got the Thursday game after the Thursday game uh, because and not have to break up another week. And then they yeah. get, you know, for years the league thought that the Cowboys had an advantage uh, by having the mini bye week the weekend after Thanksgiving. Well, you just you just move it back a week and that they get the mini bye uh, the more the longer stretch before their uh, final stretch of the season. I think it'll benefit them going into playing a home game against Philadelphia December 10th that they got some extra time before right. playing Philadelphia right. December 10th at home. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that helps out. But you still got to play the three games in 12 days. That's mm-hmm. it. That's right. just tough, period. Right. I don't care how you break it down. Three games in 12 days. <laughs> but everybody in the league's got to do that. Right, uh, right. Because everybody's got to play a Thursday game at some point, and now they're, you know, they're two Thursday games for – so and the Cowboys have been doing it for several years now, getting two Thursday games, but it's good that they've always put it back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So. All right. September 10th. So you got the Giants to got, open the season. I got 17 and 0. Okay. I, I, every year I have 17 and 0 or 16 and 0 prior to that. <laughs> and, and, and then the and, wheels and come a, off. And then a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl <laughs> The wheels come off way before 17 and 0. I do like the opener against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I do. I love that. The home opener. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's always good to have some excitement. I mean, it's not just the matchups, but, you know, the stuff that goes on off the field. And, and, and how about even the season opening weekend? The Cowboys play the Giants in the Sunday night game. And then on Monday night, same stadium, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets host the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Oh, so good. you can actually, Mickey, stay over and scout <laughs> the next opponent, the Aaron Rodgers of the Jets, if you want. And See pay, if we can pay your own. I don't know uh, if yeah. you could take New York for a week. <laughs> so the Jets will have a short week going into the Cowboys That's right. Game. So the, there you go. Poor, if you want to take a positive out of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Poor, poor Jets and Aaron Rodgers. The other thing on this – is how in the back rooms here at the Star in Frisco, how much are they focused now? Now that's the that's what happens when the schedule comes out. Now you know your first few games of the season, and you can actually start preparing for get, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, ahead. knowing that okay, second game of the year, you can study as much Aaron Rodgers rather than if it were the seventeenth game of the year or the sixteenth game of the year. You know, you can well, pretty much expect that they got a lot of tape on Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you look at these three these games. New York is looking to make some money for those two weeks, especially Cowboys coming to town. You've got Aaron Rodgers, of course, is there for, for the year, and then Buffalo's coming to town the first two weeks, first two days, first two days. Yeah. That's crazy, man. They're going to make some money that weekend. Mm -hmm. That's by design. Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We continue, and um, we got to get mixed shots on (laughs) what happened on Saturday morning here at the Star in Frisco when we come back. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and Cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Cape Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, and we're going to memorize this phone number, 214-225-4860, capepostcompany.com. All right. Very good. That was almost as good as your read last Monday. Yes. When you didn't have the script in front of you. Mm, yeah, we, you did it by memory. We sort of freelanced. That was uh-huh. horrible. <laughs> that was bad. We should know that by heart. Well, you guys, I know. We just read it. We don't think about it, right? Okay. So on Saturday morning, the Cowboys uh, had a open practice for the media to come watch these rookies. By the way, we should point out on Saturday night, Big game Bob and the yes. <laughs> Arlington Renegades won an XFL championship. That's crazy, man. The yeah. four and six <laughs> beat that team from Washington. Oh, too. man. Yeah. And Dallas beat. continues its mastery over those teams from Washington. <laughs> and beat Houston. Yeah, Wade Phillips uh, Wade. and the Houston Roughnecks <laughs> Couldn't the week win before. a playoff game, darn yeah. it. Yeah, what but, else is new? But big game Bob sure can. He knew how to trade for a quarterback. That's right. Well, that, Luis that, Perez out of Texas A&M Commerce. Has he signed with anyone yet? I, unless he did it today, I hadn't seen that he had. Ben DiNucci signed. Uh, with Denver. Yeah. Denver Broncos. Broncos. Wow. Yeah, yes. the Broncos. Really? He, he yes. turned in his uh, XFL season into at least a – Try out, work out with okay. Denver. I'm doing uh, searches on Luis Perez, the MVP, who, by the way, was the Harlan Hill Trophy winner at Texas A&M Commerce, leading them what year? to a to division national, two champion. national championship in about 2016 or so. I'm telling you, I coached this guy, man. Yeah. I coached him at this, uh, this all-star, all-star game. game. Yes. Well, he's yes. been around to several mm-hmm. leagues yeah. and, you know, off-seasons with NFL teams. And he was not with this Arlington Renegades team as the season started. He was with Vegas, the Vegas Vipers, and then the um, the very shrewd Bob Stoops picked him up and they let him do a championship. A per- he had a pretty good championship game, too. Stats were good. And, and really? in the game against Wade Phillips' defense, too. Yeah. He did not throw a pick through three touchdown passes in each of those games. It was Aikman-like. From <laughs> <laughs> now Let's his, bring it down a bit, his, there, please, Mr. Jones. Well, Aikman in 1992 when he had nine touchdown passes and only one pick in the postseason. His only downside is I think he's 28. So I don't know if teams will take a chance on a 28-year-old quarterback. Quarterbacks probably until the they're 38. Third. It shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But at this point, he's trying to be the third quarterback probably. Mm-hmm. So. I'd take a look at him. All no, right. you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. There's I, also another player on their team, Willie Taylor, who a defensive player mm-hmm. uh, who might be their top defensive player. And he was draft eligible, went undrafted. He started his career at Washington State, and he wound up at Eastern Kentucky. And he decided instead of doing preparing for the draft and doing that stuff, he decided to go ahead and – uh, play in the XFL this spring, and uh, I would imagine he is getting signed pretty quickly here. So what do you guys want to know? Fire away. See if I have answers for you for the uh, mini who, who is the quarterback? We got to, we got to meet the, the, some of the draft choices on Friday. We had open locker room, mm-hmm. and then they didn't really have a workout. Uh, the quarterback was one – where's my list here? 
Matthew Matthew McKay from Elon, an undrafted rookie, mm-hmm. on a tryout. Right. So yeah, he was. Uh, I they, saw somebody taking snaps on Friday when they were above the weight room, uh, and I was like, well, maybe they just made somebody who played high school football yeah, yeah. as a quarterback take some snaps, but they brought him. Had two guys in as try, on tryout basis. Kicker. But they really didn't do, you know, they didn't do much. Uh, uh, the reason I ask that, the Cowboys just have three quarterbacks on their roster, right? Yes. And so do they need to add a fourth quarterback just to get through training camp training and so camp. forth mm-hmm. and our developmental guy to maybe. maybe be a practice squad guy? Yeah, but if they just... thought that was a priority, they would have brought somebody in right. more That's... than a tryout. Right. So, so they, they haven't found one that they like. That... Yeah, that says, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm not going to say waste snaps on, but you know, you, you get Greer. You've been very crude throughout your career, uh, Spag. So go ahead and say, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't try to be nice now. The camp body, right? <laughs> All right. You mentioned kickers. Kickers. Uh, there were no kickers there. Uh, Tristan Viscaiano uh, is on this roster. Uh, Fossil talked at great length uh, about kickers, uh, and I thought. His key thing was when somebody said, so what are you looking at at kicker? And he said, right now, Tristan <laughs> and anybody on earth that's not on another team right now. <laughs> so it's wide open. He pointed out, he goes, there's no secret uh, that there's you know three veterans out there that people know, Mason Crosby, Robbie Gould, and Ryan Suckup. Um, Part of the problem with some of these guys is their kickoffs. Like Gould, you would need a kickoff guy. Uh, and that was something that I think got overlooked of how well Brett Maher did uh, the whole season long. Not only by the way, distance, he's still out there too. And by the way, his name came up. The fact that up. you didn't mention him. No, 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 no. Fossil, <laughs> Fossil basically said uh, anything's open at this point. Uh, and if you think about what he did this year, mm-hmm. now he kicked in 22 games if we count um, preseason. preseason. Mm-hmm. If the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs, think about this, and the, and the season he had, somebody would have paid him, and maybe the Cowboys, $3 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he had the one game at Tampa Bay, uh, and that – Kind of clouded his entire and, uh, and, season. And the San Francisco game was kind of yeah, it was proof a in the tie, tie yeah. a little bit shaky. But if you looked at the regular season, he was twenty nine of thirty two on field goals, and two of the misses were from fifty nine and one from forty six. He was fifty of fifty three on extra points, and if I remember, I think one of them might have gotten blocked. Um, so and nine of eleven on fifty plus. Field goal attempts. So here's my thing. Was there any game that we could say, or two games, I'd say two games, not just one game. Can we say two games where he lost the game for us with his inability to make field goals or extra points? Well, they overcame the extra points against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Yes. Um, San Francisco, one got blocked, right? But it was, it was really bad. <laughs> it was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he made another one, by the way. So, no, I don't think he, he ended up losing. They were going to lose that Washington game, and there was a little struggle there. And if we remember Tampa Bay, remember before I, when I came back, I told you the field was lumpy? Yeah. And he got, I think he got psyched out on yeah. it when he was walking around on it. But other than that, I, I, I asked this And he's because... still out there, and from what I can tell, is he really hasn't had a workout anywhere. Uh, he's back in Nebraska uh, with his family. I just ask it because your stats, the stats that you just called out, they were amazing. And that's we could look at it as, you know, optimistic versus pessimistic. Right. Are we so optimistic about what he's done previously to? And it was a stretch of games, Spags. It wasn't just like a spot here. And then, uh, he no, didn't miss This a f- was a stretch of games. I'm talking about incompetence. This oh. is a stretch of games where 
what the hell is going on? Right. Right now, this is when you want to start doing this. Well, and, and he is they've lost all confidence, I believe. Lost all confidence in him in the locker room. Well, I think that if they're going to have a kickoff, I mean, do you at least give him that opportunity? I think he deserves a lot more than what he's getting now, but it's difficult to make a case for him. Right. And that is the dilemma. He was amazing throughout the regular finished season. The, finished the regular season making 10 of 10 field goals. And a couple of those, well, they had, he had some, a couple of field goals that were really clutch for us yeah. during the season. So, but, you know, they, did, they, they liked the guys that got drafted um, in, uh, this year, mm-hmm. but they went in the third and fourth round. They were thinking, well, they knew if they didn't do it in the third or fourth, they weren't going to get either one of them. Clearly, other teams liked them too. Yes, uh, <laughs> Rylan was the one they liked the most, and I think he went in the fourth round. Uh, the kid from Michigan went in the third round. Rylan was from Maryland. Uh, they were hoping they were hoping fifth or sixth, but that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so now, you know, you look at what's going on in the USFL, the XFL. I think what they they're thinking is. If you bring in a veteran, you know what you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen it. The guy's got some history in the yeah. NFL. <clears throat> but again, you know, those guys probably are waiting until somebody gets desperate. So Vizcaino has not been terrible in the NFL. He just hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity. Uh, so he's going to get an opportunity, and they're going to have to, you know, judge. Can they – because they brought him in here before – uh, you know, can they go with this, or th- is there somebody else out there that's if better? He, if, if he would have continued with the same consistency throughout the playoffs, into the season, throughout the playoffs, we wouldn't really be looking at Mar- this. Yes. Oh no, they would have paid him three million a year. Man, think about that. I, I still think we're in good position with a kicker. I, I still like him. You know, uh, I wouldn't mind going into the season with him. I'd feel very, very confident in that. How does he feel? Right. Is the, is the question. Has yeah. anyone interviewed him and talked to him Since, about this? I haven't seen anything, no. So, um, and then it's a matter of, you know, when you bring him, are you holding your breath? And that's the thing. I, no one feels confident about him right now. Yeah. As good a season as he had, and that's just a dilemma. He, he, we should feel better about him, and we don't. And so, you would have a, a, a new deep snapper this year. The holder would still be the same. That's the, the holder matters more yeah. than the snapper. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that was a big part of Fossil's uh, discussion when he uh, did his interview. So that he's watching the, a lot of USFL games. Yeah, right. Spring. Watch everything, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and then he, you know, two of his best guys, uh, Gifford and. Um, who was the other guy? Noah Brown, uh-huh. no longer here. So mm-hmm. he's got some openings on. I know people don't, you know, worry about special teams, but one of the guys that I think you can put a circle around is Overshawn. They look at him as maybe a really good special teams player. And then, uh, uh, how do you say it, Bill? Lipke? Hunter? Hunter Lipke. Lipke. Uh, he's a do everything dude. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting guy because. When I was talking to him, I go, so fullback. You didn't grow up wanting to be a fullback, right? And he was a running back quarterback in high school, Mm -hmm. and he got to North Dakota State, and they said, hey, why don't we try this? But not only – he wasn't just a lead blocker. He ran the football from the tailback position at North Carolina State. North Dakota State. North Dakota, I'm sorry. Um, A thousand yards? uh, Yeah, in his career. And and he he good hands he they threw the ball to him, and I also double checked with him and it was like so did they really snap it to you in wild card? He goes absolutely they did, so he was kind of one of these do everything guys. And when I mentioned uh, I mentioned special teams, he goes oh yeah all four, so uh, that's another spot that they've got to be able to fill. He could be another Gifford. Yeah, that'd be good. 
he his stats at North Dakota State. Would you like his career stats or his uh, last season at Come North Dakota last State? Season. Last season, in ten games played, he had ninety eight carries for six hundred twenty one yards and nine touchdowns, averaging six point three yards a carry. He had fourteen receptions for one hundred ninety six yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, but look at his career career touchdowns. career touchdowns. He had thirty three. He had twenty four rushing and nine receiving touchdowns in his career at go. North Dakota State. So interesting, and, and he's he's like one of these guys that will basically do whatever they ask. Mm. Right? How big is he? He's listed as six one and one quarter inch tall, two hundred thirty four pounds. That's what he was at the combine. Can he become that big burly fullback in this offense? Six one two thirty six. Okay, uh, was what they've got him listed here, and I don't know if at this point he's the guy that's going to go and dig it out. Yeah, but he knows what to do. He also played tight end for him too, by the way. At six one, he's not playing tight end. I was going to say we're yeah. good on tight end. No, ends. but he can. <laughs> I'm saying he can line up outside if you if he's in as a fullback. He'll be part of a nice package. Yeah, yeah. 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 So interesting, uh, interesting guy. I tell the other guy that was uh, pretty interesting to me was uh, Isaiah Land, uh, FAMU. Mm-hmm. They had him listed as a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, if you think about this, when I saw his size, he's six four two fifteen. What does that sound like? <laughs> wow, he sounds like a linebacker. linebacker. That's where. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so he said they had him as edge and uh, linebacker, uh, and and maybe he's the next. You know, most J. Ron Curse. Most edges they can't cover one on one. Yeah. And that he's going to have to cover one on one as a linebacker. But as a he was the uh, FCS 2021 Defensive Player of the Year. He won the Buck Buchanan Award. Uh huh. Yeah. So best where did, defensive player. Where did Buck Buchanan go to, go to college? <sighs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to look. <laughs> Grambling State University. But anyway, <laughs> I thought and, and oh, that was that was a rhetorical question. You uh, asked Grand- That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, and they had a lot of guys that, that it's kind of working multiple places, mm-hmm. uh, like the awesome Richards, the tackle in the fifth round. What's his name? Awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's not a C. A-S-I-M, but it's pronounced awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> he was a tackle at North Carolina. Uh-huh. He was working at guard. Um, the fourth round pick, Junior Fihoko, uh, was a defensive end, but in a 3-4 at San Jose State. Yeah. But uh, he said that they are looking at me as an edge and three technique. The mm-hmm. steal of the draft for the Cowboys, cornerback. Oh, Eric Scott? Yes. Jr. Did you talk to him? I missed his interview because I was talking with Brian Schottenheimer uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I read about him and, you know, he may be he, he and he looked good out there. I mean, he's six one, yeah, playing corner. Yeah. The other guy that's interesting is Miles. Um, Tom, oh, wait, let me find it. Um, Miles okay. Brooks, okay, cornerback, Louisiana Tech. Yes, he spent his first that's uh, a transfer three years at Stephen F. Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really like him. How tall is he? 6'2", 198. Uh, interesting fact I found out about him. So he's from Pflugerville. Um, Deuce Vaughn, Round Rock. They had ended up playing against each other in high school. But as a fresh, at, when they were starting their freshman years in high school, Chris Vaughn, the Cowboy Scott, yeah. Deuce's dad, started coaching a seven-on-seven team in Austin. They didn't have a seven-on-seven team when Deuce was going into high school. And he started coaching one, and he had those two guys on his team. Uh, So just a little That is interesting. All right, we've got one more break, and then I want to hear about Mickey's conversation with Brian Schottenheimer when we come (laughs) back here on Mix Shots. (laughs) 
The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and Cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To mixed shots. Register now for the 2023 Dallas Cowboy Youth Camps presented by a Visualign. <laughs> Athletes ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at AT&T Stadium or Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players, and dance camps are taught by the current Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Use code CAMP23 to get $25 off registration. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. That was horrible. Are you teaching Are you teaching camps? <laughs> I'm not teaching camps. I'm, I'm going to have to start reading, taking over the readings. For <laughs> Pretty bad. That's all right. You started off bad. Those those new ones are tough. Yeah, you got to get ready for it. Final couple of minutes here <clears throat> of mixed shots and um, some news, some quarterback news around the league. Uh, Matt Ryan no longer on the market. Hmm. He, he, he retired. He's going to CBS. He's going to CBS as a game analyst. Coming after analyst. your job. That's right. He looks like a doctor. Doesn't he? Dr. Ryan. Dr. Ryan. It sounds like a soap opera doctor. <laughs> okay, you ready for my cliff there was, notes? There was. There was, was a quarterback. There, there was a quarterback in this league, last name Ryan, who was a doctor. Okay. Okay, right. I'll, I'll have that at the end of the show for you. Mickey, in the meantime. Talk. That's a little trivia question. Who was the who was the quarterback in this league who was a doctor? But you go ahead, Mickey, and say what you're mm-hmm. going to say first. All right. Quick uh, <laughs> few notes here. Dan Quinn cleared up this deal about Parsons being a full-time defensive end just because he said he wanted to put on some more weight at the uh, home run derby. And basically he was putting on another five or seven pounds, he said, of muscle. Dan Quinn said he's a pass-rushing linebacker. So they're not making a position change mm-hmm. there. Um, Schoonmaker? Is that how you Luke say it? Schoonmaker. Tight end. Uh, he didn't do much. I think he's still recovering from a shoulder repair. Oh, okay. uh, but I was told that he is a pretty good blocker. And Brian Schottenheimer said he can control the C-gap, meaning at the end of the line of scrimmage in the run game that he, he can block. And he also said he watches tape of one – Jason Witten. So at least he's got Always a good, to say that. good head on his shoulders, <laughs> right? Um, let's see what else I got here real quick. Um, I said Isaiah Lamb. We did Lucky. Oh, Darian Thompson. He's a 
an assistant coach now. Okay. Helping out. Uh, and he was working with Overshawn on his linebacker drops. Okay. Uh, working pretty hard, too. Um, and the surgery that Tony Pollard had, um, remember. Thank God. He, We're getting a, he, an update. He fractured um, the uh, Ankle fibula, ball. but it was up high, which they didn't do anything. That'll just. Uh, take care of itself but mm-hmm. the ligament dances, d- damage he had was the between the tibia and the fibia and what he had instead of them going in and using screws now it, they call it a tightrope surgery where they go in and basically tie the ligaments from the front and back together and they don't have to go back in and take out the screws mm-hmm. i was told and it's the same um surgery that Tua had when he sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, That sounds like one of the sprain. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, it was like two ligaments, and, and so at the tip, at the bottom tip. So uh, that's what he had. In regards to recover, a faster, recovery? A faster yeah. recovery. Okay. You don't need a second surgery. Okay. So, and he's he, how is he doing? He was out there doing rehab. I yeah. mean, not during the mini camp, yeah. but he's been out there uh, rehabbing. And uh, oh, and Terrence Steele basically uh, said that they told him his recovery is 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 being a lot faster than most guys. Mm-hmm. And it, just listening to him, it didn't sound like they mentioned anything about playing guard to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So for now, May fifteenth, he's a tackle. Okay. Now, would you like to know the answer to my trivia question? <laughs> I was trying to hurry, so we had time for that. All right. You don't have any Thank idea? Thank you for that, Spags. This is <laughs> very important stuff. You here. have no idea who I'm talking about? Was... The doctor named Ryan who played quarterback in the National Football League. Falcons? Nope. He played for the Cleveland Browns. He lost a playoff game to your Dallas Cowboys, oh. 52 to 14 in 1967, Christmas Eve, 1967. Hold on, he's got it. He's got it, Bill. Oh, it's on the t- a doctor <laughs> named Ryan who played quarterback in the National Football League. If he was League. 10 years younger, he would have just oh. blown it out. Oh, Mickey, you should be able to get this. <laughs> I know it. He uh, making sure on this. Okay. You want me to tell Go you? Go ahead. Go yes. ahead. Put me out Dr. of Dr. Frank Ryan. Frank Ryan. <laughs> Frank Ryan, who, by the way, was born in Fort Worth, Texas, hey. went to Pascal High School. Of course he did. He earned his doctorate in mathematics at Rice doctorate. University. Yes. No, but he's a doctor. Dr. Frank Ryan. I right. remember the great Frank Gleber calling him Dr. Frank Ryan, quarterback <laughs> in the Cleveland Browns against the Cowboys. And it was a great Cowboys victory. Yes, it was. Very good. 52 to 14 in 1967. And now to, you know. Back to the hospital. And the rest and that of the story. That got him to the NFL championship game against Green Bay. And you didn't have to bring that up? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. But it did. And that was the ice bowl. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. The following week. Okay. So there you go. Interesting. Yep. Greatest. So hopefully Matt Ryan will have the same post NFL career that Frank Ryan. Had. Greatest. Greatest. Um, um, Can't remember that either. Can you? <laughs> Gotta go. Greatest interception in the end zone at the end of the game. By the way. Okay, and we'll have more on that when we convene again next Monday for another edition of Mix Shots. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!